Thanks for joining us for episode six of Building Tomorrow's Insurer. And today's guest is none other than Gonzalo Rodriguez. Gonzalo has spent more than 12 years in the insurance industry, uh, working with the likes of Zurich uh, and now Generali, and they're very much shaping their partnership and marketing approach. And I think there is no one better for us to kind of explore um, some of the perspectives um, of, the, of the future of insurance um, and specifically um, how the insurer is thinking about um, yeah, building their businesses for tomorrow than, than him. And so I'll get ready for a very detailed deep dive uh, into the consumer trends insurance uh, of one of the maestros of the field. Uh, Gonzalo, wonderful to have you here. Thanks for your time. Uh, really appreciate you yeah, carving out some time on your busy schedule to sit down with us. Thank you, Nigel. Thank you very much for having me, and thank you for your your words. I mean, uh, I, I don't feel so so master in this segment, but uh, definitely have a couple of insights to share. But uh, thank you, thank you very much for for having me and giving me this opportunity to share some some ideas and and insights that uh, I saw in in the market recently. Yeah, no problem, no problem at all. And we've um, we've generally started off with a bunch of folks that we've been speaking with. Uh, it's really always interesting finding out how someone arrives in the insurance industry. There's been some very interesting stories so far. Well, some people fall into it and some people uh, kind of uh, find other ways. And so how about yourself? How did you, how did you find yourself in the insurance sector? Great question, because I think that uh, there is a misconception about the uh, insurance industry that's boring. But uh, I would say that I started by, by accident, I would say. Let me allow me to, to say by accident because in, in the past life I used to work. Uh, I, I was deeply involved in sports, so I used to be a weightlifter. Uh, so I was uh, studying for physical education, but uh, I arrived to a point within the career that I started to doing some real practice in front of children, uh, going to different schools. Uh, that was the moment that I realized that it was not for me. So I decided to join the business school. I studied business administration, and one of the first companies that uh, I was uh, putting my, my CV on a certain it was Zurich. But, uh, at that moment, I didn't know that was one of the main shares in, 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 in the world. So back in 2007, I started in the insurance. I called different positions from operations, product development, marketing. Marketing was really exciting. And I think that was uh, the turnkey, uh, at least for uh, in my, my personal view, that uh, is actually the most in insurance industry. And recently, I joined Generali. So two years ago, I joined Generali. I had the opportunity to move from Argentina to, to Italy. Uh, I'm working right now in what we call business development and, and partnership. And I think that we are living exciting moments in, in the insurance industry. I mean, all the, the rise of uh, ecosystem embedded insurance is like uh, putting technology first and then how we can adapt our business model to different models. So I think that professionally speaking is pushing me to learn even more about new technologies, enter into other industries because you have to manage this this way. I mean, you have to be expert in, in your vertical, but also when you are dealing with a e-commerce platform or FinTech or whatever, I mean, you, you need to be flexible enough to understand their business model and how we can make, uh, uh, let's say, value proposition, joint value proposition that makes sense to the customers and works for both sides. So this is really challenging and this, Put me and confirm my my my, my passion uh, in insurance. I would say. Good luck for it.
I let um, it's a very in like a it's a skill set. I'm sure um, not too many people have gone uh, like all the way through the different parts of the business that you have. I guess and that's really interesting to to hear how you kind of yeah sat across a, a bunch of different areas of the insurer. Is there any um, areas particular that you've I guess you just called out marketing there? Is there kind of any areas specifically that have had a really big influence on you and kind of how you think about the world and um, yeah, any particular experiences that you have that have kind of shaped your your thinking in the sector? Sure. I think uh, marketing for, for intangibles is really, is really challenging. So you have to dig into very much in the psychology of the customer. So uh, when, I, when I started in marketing at the beginning, it was much more on product development, doing research, but then I had the opportunity to move to uh, brand marketing. So uh, I, I used to work in a regional office in Latin America, so I've been working to develop the, the brand, the Zurich brand from Mexico to Argentina. So. This re made me to realize that we, we need to really get into the, the need of the customers and how brand and the whole value proposition impact in, in those customers. And then I realized that, I mean, it's a really basic point, but uh, there, there is a different maturity uh, of, of the businesses. And through sponsorship and, and different bunch of activities in marketing, uh, we ended up doing some partnership as well. So just to give you an example, uh, I do remember in the past, we, we made a partnership with Avon. Avon is a reseller of makeup in, in Latin America. And in, in, in Mexico, uh, we make uh, a sort of partnership. So we were investing in a couple of initiatives for cancer against can breast cancer in Mexico. And we also developed uh, a specific product for the resellers. So it, it, you have like a, like a scale. If you sell more, you arrive to better, let's say, uh, tier, tier resellers. Um, if you arrive to the top one, we, we, we develop a product with a specific coverage to cover, I mean, the breast cancer diagnosis and as well payment of, um, of surgery if you need it uh, and and i think there is a value i mean when you end up and um, providing real value to the customers and things that are really touching for them this is uh, exciting so i think that uh embedded insurance has this uh this uh i want to call it social responsibility but uh it's making insurance more accessible to customers so I think rising the awareness of the importance of uh, the protection gap and how we can end up with solutions that make sense and add value to, to daily life to customers, this is touching. And you, you, you have to have a mix of uh, marketing insights and, and business uh, acumen as well, I would say. It's, it's so true, isn't it? Like, and that just to kind of bring to life um, the protection gap that you just called out there, there was some, some research, I, I think it came out by Swiss Re that showed that the uh in the the kind of past two decades the the protection gap has doubled and that's kind of the protection uh the kind of the financial and social protection the gap that uh the sorry the the, the insurance needs somebody has uh that gap has doubled in terms of their financial and, and from a social status and so it's kind of it really lends itself to say why and i think often um uh and obviously something I know you and I are very passionate about, which is kind of embedded in simplification and delivering a customer what they need, where they need it. And I think that's a real kind of potential avenue to try and shrink that gap. And I think if you look over the last few years, it's obviously been, there's been some like real 
tumultuous years, I suppose, within the industry, right? There's been, um, there's been obviously the COVID years, there's been uh, some pretty um, kind of major events. It's been a pretty tough um, kind of sector to be in, 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 in some scenarios. Um, but I guess that's also kind of pointed to a bunch of customer needs changing. And so have you, um, yeah, what's your thought on that? What's your thought on this kind of change of customer need and how kind of insurers need to evolve to kind of meet this, this changing need? Well, uh, you said it, uh, I mean, uh, pandemic really accelerated the, the online transition in many services. I mean, the trust from customers to, to uh, high value or complex purchase online is really now more 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 like a norm and of course this uh, impacted as well in the insurance industry so i think that uh, the the rise of digital is a game changer for the whole industry from two sides from consumption side for from customer in the sense that they are really seeking more convenience more integrated experiences but as well uh, in terms of uh, infrastructure i mean right now uh, as we saw, there is a modernization of the value chain, so it's allowed to put different pieces from different type of player, from SaaS provider, from InsurTech, from any type of InsurTech that's focusing on a specific piece. And this, in overall, I, I would say that this is uh, simp really simplifying to any company to offer embedded insurance. And as well, there is uh, an impact on, on, on the overall industry. I mean, we see some outsiders, companies entering as well in insurance. So we recently saw how Revolut, uh, this uh, digital bank, how they decided to, 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 to move to a um, super app strategy. So they want to become like a one-stop shop for insurance as well. So they already launched a bunch of... Uh, of, of, uh, of, of solutions in, in, in the UK, in Iran, now in Europe. Uh, and then also telcos. So uh, I, I have in mind this, uh, this Movistar company, Telefonica in Spain, they re recently launched, uh, but recently I cannot confirm that, but uh, they have uh, Telefonica Seguros. So a telco entering really bold with a, a proper insurance company giving capacity to insurtechs to doing business as well with their uh, telco telco business as well through through Movistar. I think this is uh, like a different uh, element that we see in the market. But yeah, big change, right? And I think the when you think about the major carriers, uh, what do you think the major carriers need to do? What's their response to this? Is there, um, or maybe what has their response been? And maybe what do you think the response needs to be uh, in order for them to, yeah, I suppose, maintain and still continue to grow their positions. I, I will talk about general because uh, I don't know if everyone knows what what is general. I mean, general is one of the world's largest company. We have a history uh, of almost 200 years old. Uh, we are present in 50 countries. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we in 2021 yeah, we celebrated yeah. 190. So yeah. we, we we are a really old company and huge. Um, obviously, our one of our key assets is the, the Asian network. So for us, and besides that, we have a, a couple of business units in which uh, we we have uh, up-running operations in direct distribution. I mean, for, for, for big companies, we need to understand that embedded insurance or what we call internally or generally B2B2C 
it's a different game. So you need, you, you, you can liberate from all your heritage and your expertise, but you need to build dedicated capabilities. And when it comes to dedicated capabilities, I can summarize it in, in, in three, I would say. So one, one absolutely is related to product innovation. I mean, we, we need to be much more flexible in, in building new solutions and also to cover new risk. So in, in the last years, we recently hear about uh, cyber insurance. So these are uh, risks that, that we, we don't have history to in order to, to underwrite. So we, we, we need to be much more flexible in product innovation. I would say invest a lot in digital IoT and API capabilities to unlock, let's say, new customer data source. And this is really interesting because with IoT and diversion data, we are moving from a picture, I would say, to a movie. Because uh, I mean, with the telematics for 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 home for for sorry for modern business, I mean, you you can build a history and you can be much more precise in in quoting your your tariff. Uh, with the specific drive style of the of the customer, and this is also impacting from protection to prevention, and, and we see it as well in in the um, in the health insurance. So in general, we have a partnership with Vitality as well. So we are providing a program in order to to let's say push and encourage uh, healthy habits in order to reduce risk. So this is uh, the second point, and the third one I would say. Is uh, the ecosystem play? I mean, we we have to be much more flexible in the collaboration with the emerging players. So, as I told you before, uh, there is a modernization of the of the value chain. So, partnering with the SaaS providers, with Instrutex, with it with the Instrutex, and I mean, this is improving the profit, the, the productivity, and reducing the time to market. I mean. If I if I can reduce it in three, these are the ones: product innovation, digital IoT, API capabilities, and the third one, the, the ecosystem play. You know, I love the um, that analogy of um, of picture to movie. I've not heard that before, and it's a really great way to think about it. One thing that we kind of see a little bit uh, on on that piece is. Uh, lots of this data is available, but I think the, the capability to process it and use it effectively, I think, is the next step. And have you, how are you seeing um, folks uh, having the ability to do that? Are you seeing kind of businesses like Generali like partner to be able to kind of get that processing power of the IoT devices and, and, that, and those kind of big data pools to influence underwriting? Are you doing it all internally? Like really interested to learn um, how you guys are, are thinking about kind of yeah, really processing these really big data sets. When it comes to IoT, I, uh, generally is uh, really into this game. Uh, so we, we have a, like uh, our factory, IoT factory, that's uh, Genyot. So within Genyot, we have all the capabilities to provide, let's say, uh, and take advantage of the data from the telematic service provider, from the OEMs, or even through the, the the mobile app, you know, to take advantage of all the different elements that makes your driving style. And um, we take advantage of all this information in order to provide like uh, value-added services, meaning prevention um, tips in order to ameliorate your risk profile. We can be much more precise in doing, uh, let's say, uh, the underwriting, and as well, we are unlocking some 
temporary solution. So I imagine that uh, you, you don't have the casco coverage, but you would like to, to take it for a short trip now with the advantage of it, you can unlock as well new, new services. Um, but also, I would say that besides the IoT, you have also have to take advantage of the data of your past, of your customer, uh, for the customer of your partner, I would say. So just to give you another example, in Latin America, we have a partnership with uh, Mercado Libre. Mercado Libre, to give you a little bit of context, like uh, the main e-commerce and retailer platform in Latin America. And with them, we, we started a, a partnership or a collaboration in 2011, we, we, we have done a bunch of marketing activities, but also recently we launched uh, uh, a mobile insurance protection uh, within, within the, their ecosystem. So we are taking advantage of all the information of the transaction. So if a customer of Mercado Lear buys a mobile insurance, uh, pro, uh, 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 sorry, a mobile device, we, we really streamlined the overall sales with two clicks. So you have to select the level of protection, how you are going to pay them. We are taking all the customer data from Mercado Libre. We are taking advantage of the payment means of Mercado Libre. So you, you are also taking advantage of the data as well for the customer. And this is really important because if you can take advantage of all the data of, of the customer that is available, uh, you, you can unlock an insurance solution that is really, really seamlessly integrated with your partner. And this is, in my view, uh, one of the secret sources of embedded insurance. You have to make your offer as much as native as possible. So if we two click, we are not creating any burden to provide any additional data, then why not? I mean, there you, you can increase a lot your, your conversion ratio. When you're thinking about um, partnerships, Gonzalo, obviously you've just spoken about a, a number of different partnerships you've got globally. Like, I think that's one of the... Uh, unbelievable things about Generali is that obviously you're in so many countries all over the world and delivering these B2B2C relationships all over the world, uh, which is is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and that takes a lot of work. I think um, partnerships take a lot of work to uh, to kind of make sure that it works for everybody in the in the partnership and in the ecosystem. And is there anything that you've found in your experience of putting all of these partnerships together? that's been really effective in, in building partnerships in, in them being sustainable and kind of them being, and I guess, kind of productive for all sides. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, this is a great point because when we talk about B2B2C, we, we have to manage two things, the B2B relationship and as well the B2C part. So the thing what uh, is extremely important is, I mean, is to, to, to create the relationship with your partner and realize side by side to co-design the solution. I mean, this is really important because you have to be uh, flexible enough to make a proposition that's really aligned to the core business of your partner. And then we, we, we can jump to other, other models. I mean, from, from, from my experience and from different leaders that I've been working on in the, my past years in partnership. I mean, there's like, uh, I would call it four levels or waves of uh, doing partnership. I mean, the first wave is that you have to build a solution that is really aligned with the business of your partner. So then you ensure that it is a priority for them. You, you, you make sure that you, you put resources from both sides to go to the market and then you start do, building like uh, the different waves. The second wave, 
is how you can ensure the payment flow of your partner. So if you are talking with the tech of how you can ensure that, uh, that the, their customer stick with, the, with them the most time possible. So that you can build some financial protection solutions that can ensure the, the payment flow for, for your customer. The third one, the third way I would call to start ensuring all the properties of the customer. So then once you have a relationship with your customer, then you can end up with much more, uh, let's say, complex solutions or product, complex products to, 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 to other, let's say, um, parts of the, of the life of, of the customer of your partner. And the fourth one, the, the fourth uh, wave is uh, ensuring their lives. So as you can tell, there is a, a long way to build a successful partnership with your partner. But I mean, the main important one is to have a common view, to have common objectives, and you be flexible enough in order to add value to their customers. At the end of the day, value is the, the most important piece. Yeah, it's being aligned early. That's what we, we yeah, I, I completely agree, being aligned early. Because sometimes uh, you can think you want the same thing, but actually kind of when it boils down, there actually there's different goals. And and so if you can have a like a really, yeah, honest conversation early around what the actual goals are and whether that's retention or revenue or uh, growth or whatever it is, um, knowing that then allows you to kind of, yeah, align kind of where you're walking into. I think that kind of leads really nicely uh, here at, at Canopy, especially we think about what areas can we continue to push in? What areas are um, we not thinking about uh, and that we should be spending some of our, some per percentage of our time thinking about because that's where the future will be. Have you kind of got a view on, yeah, maybe in the near term, next five years, anything kind of you're seeing these kind of, any really promising areas that haven't really hit kind of mass market yet or hit kind of, um, uh, yeah, kind of mass adoption that you think are really interesting areas to keep uh, keep across? We're talking in the B2B2C slash embedded insurance. I always say that uh, the current revenue pools are really concentrated in the, in the, in the retail space, like telcos, uh, retailers, uh, uh, OEMs, but in the future, uh, I see that it's going to be much more uh, growth coming from e-commerce um, sharing platform. I mean, there is a huge protection gap uh, with all these gig workers uh, sharing economy platforms that uh, I think there is a bunch of things to do. And as well, I always say that uh, in the utility segment as well, there's going to be a, a, a great potential as well. So in the future, I will see that, uh, or we foresee there's going to be a transition from, from current revenue pools to more digital ones. With those um, digital revenue pools, uh, do you think it's any, do you think it'll be partner specific or product specific? Do you think that um, it's more thinking about the partners that are gonna have access to the customers with needs and then the job to be done is to find the right product for them? Or do you think like a certain product line, like, I don't know, a liability product for the gig workers? Or do you, mean, is it, do you think it's a little bit more product specific or do you think it'll be more kind of like partners that have got enormous distribution, access to enormous pools of data, and they're gonna be really curating products 
that are, are right for their their customers and that's where those big premium pools to come from and give you an example of that obviously kind of there's a bunch of really good work like in alipay obviously the alipay are doing a great job of kind of looking at customer need kind of standing up micro insurance products and delivering some pretty big gwp numbers that's that kind of example of find the problem set and deliver a problem the right product versus kind of this is a product we have let's push it down a new distribution channel and maybe grow kind of GWP iteratively. Great question that I really did not uh, dig into, but uh, my bet is that depends a lot on the strategy of these big players. I mean, some of them are entering with different strategies, sometimes with a marketplace, sometimes with a fully embedded solutions, really integrated in value chain. So uh, my bet is uh, it's, depends on, on partners and how the segments will evolve. Uh, when we come, when it comes to e-commerce, uh, you see there is a huge movement and trend toward extended warranty and protection products in the e-commerce. Uh, I see a bunch of players entering as well, really, really in bold way in these segments. Um, but there is a huge potential for these players. I mean, because if you consider an e-commerce, then you have your, the, the customers, but also uh, you, you have, uh, let's say, the, um, the opportunity with the merchants as well. So there is a huge potential as well to serve from both sides of the of the equation. I mean, those uh, SMEs with a huge potential as well in this segment. How many small companies are creating huge revenues from these platforms and they have I mean their 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 needs as well uh, insurance needs so I, I see there there's a bunch of opportunities there then when it comes to the the platform economy from, from gig workers I mean this is a, a little bit more uh, blurry I, I would say because it depends on a lot on the policy that puts these players, so I mean, the, the, the platforms that are servicing, I mean, for, for the hailing or whatever toward the customer and what kind of uh, propositions they come and as well from regulation. I mean, there is a, a long way as still in order to, to, to let's say, create the, the right rules to, to protect this, 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 this segment. I mean, it depends on a lot, as, as I said of the policy from the players and as well on the regulation in each country. Yeah, totally. And did you have a view on, uh, obviously you've been kind of core to a lot of Generali's partnerships globally. Uh, you've been, uh, like we obviously spoke a little before this and uh, uh, obviously Generali is, as an organization is spread globally and, and somehow you have to, to be across all of those things from, from sitting in the middle and directing how things work. And so when you do like, you think about a vision for Generali and to think about how vision for how you want to continue to create um, your partnership programs and, and, and partnerships with, with, with partners, how do you, how do you think about that? What are your, um, what's your vision for, for partners to think about you kind of what do you want to be known for? Yeah, great question. I mean, obviously, uh, for generally, one of the of the key assets is the agent network. But I think, uh, generally, we are going our our 
our our path in order to become an omnichannel company. So in the in the in the couple of years ago, we we, we launched our group strategy, in which we, we reinforce our commitment to to be like a more digital oriented organization, digital innovative organization. So when it comes to partnership, we are really pushing to have to build a digital offering to provide this omni-channel experience and as well seamlessly customer interactions with these new type of cus- uh, customers. So I would say that uh, we we have a, a vision, we, we want to have a bold we want to be a board player in the in the partnership space in order to handle local partnership, but also international partnerships on both sides as well. So when we talk about general, we have to also consider Europe assistance as well. That is our uh, assistance company, and there we have a bunch of uh, great experiences as well in, in, in terms of partnerships. So just I love it. And then can you give us a bit more of any? Can you give us any more uh, any more info on the Airbnb partnership? That sounds super interesting. And so is that on the on the staying side or um, the travel on like for the for the uh, is that for the hosts or for the travelers going to the properties? Love to hear about how that's being put together. Well, uh, as I said before, uh, Europa Assistance is partnering with uh, with the Airbnb for the travel side, so for the travelers, for so people that are using the platform in order to, to, to make the reservation. So once they make the reservation, you have a bunch of information from which country to the other one. So really we streamline the overall process in order to make a, a, a travel insurance proposition as an optional one in the, in the whole customer journey of Airbnb. So right now we we already live in the US. Now we are expanding globally. We already have uh, implemented Europe. So um, this is the the optional part of the of the of the travel travel insurance. I would say. I love it, and that's like kind of I guess something that you said right at the top of the top of our conversation, which was kind of these big platforms with kind of big large amounts of customers like that have got used to a certain level of experience. There's this like expectation of how they'll be, um, what their, their digital experience will be like. And so it's so important for that insurance experience not to be jarring, but to kind of fit very seamlessly with what they are experiencing in the rest of their kind of Airbnb or an e-commerce journey. And so I, I imagine your kind of UX team has to work very hard on that. Uh, you know, I, I really love the, the case of Airbnb because they, they're taking this as an additional element of their brand proposition because while you saw all the air cover uh, proposition to, to the customers, so they're bringing like uh, an insurance element within their value chains and they are giving peace of mind to all their, their, their customers. So I really love this sample because uh, it's really embracing this concept of uh, protection to, 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 towards their, their, their value proposition. Their, their customers. Do you have, um, what would you say is the key thing that your partners ask of you? So like when do they kind of reach out to you and say, Hey, we want to do, we want to build this insurance proposition with our customers. Like what are like their general demands? Like what are they really looking for? Like what's their expectations? Uh, this, uh, this is really, really interesting question because, uh, when, when a partner comes to you, they they want to have uh, like uh, reduce the complexity, so 
they when and, and this is a real challenge uh, for all for all the segment. I mean, how you can ensure that you can reduce the complexity in the in, in the insurance world because we know insurance is complex. You have the regulation. You have uh, I mean different rules you have to be in compliance with. So I mean. Most of the of the partners ask you, of course, the digital capabilities in order to seamlessly integrate the platform, but as well to reduce all the complexity of your products. I mean, how we can, um, let's say, reduce as much as possible the onboarding of the customer. How we can provide uh, products which really simple and easy to understand for for customers. Uh, and the third one is uh, astonished services and, and outstanding services. I mean, we we, we had to be very uh, how can I say? We had to put a lot of attention in the SLAs that your customers that, that your partner puts to serve your customers to serve the claims piece. So there is a, a bunch of elements that are really really challenged. Those are the elements that most of the of the partners actually demanding and they come and looking from and um yeah it's uh it's something that we've seen uh the and there's definitely nuance to every uh to every partner in terms of some kind of nuanced uh kind of want or demand or kind of what they really want to try and deliver but i think you're right the um education and setting expectation early of like Sometimes insurance is complex because we're trying to protect a risk that is hard to understand, and therefore you've got to be able to price it to be able to make keep the customer happy when when the need is there, which is when it's claim time, right? And and that's kind of when a product really comes to its fore is when it's claimed upon. And so sometimes if you don't get it all right up front, then that's kind of when uh, the product falls over. I know um uh, kind of some of my team were there. I know um, Generali uh, was. Uh, I'm sure they're in force at the InsureTech Insights Conference uh, last week. And I, I believe your kind of CTO did a bit of an address and uh, spoke a bit about um, your strategy and kind of your wins and, and kind of how you're thinking about uh, embedded and B2BC. And I don't know if is there anything you wanted to, that, you, that jumped out from the, the conference itself or um, uh, anything specific that you kind of CTO had to say that you thought was um, we'd love to, to hear and understand. Yes, it was a great event, massive one. I mean, uh, I participated in a bunch of, uh, I attended a bunch of keynotes and panel discussion. And I would say that uh, still embedded insurance is a, a big thing. I mean, there's a great expectations of growth and as well. I, I, I would say this maturing really, really fast. I mean, right now, a couple of years ago, compared to this one, you have much more players entering these you see like uh, big corporations or legacy insurance entering this game with dedicated entities. Um, I mean, probably it's a buzzword, this uh, concept of ecosystem, but uh, it's really building an ecosystem there. You can, you can collaborate with any, any, any company. Surprisingly for me, uh, I mean, right now, all the tech and, I, and, and digital, they don't see it, people don't see it as a, um, uh, as a issue because it's become a must. So digital is really, really into the value proposition of all these players. So now it's not like how we can ensure the digital capabilities. No, it's like digital must be part of the value proposition. And then 
those, there was a bunch of uh, discussions about what we were talking before, like uh, how we can reduce the product com uh, complexity, how we can ensure simply uh, claims experience to the customer or your partner, uh, and as well, uh, maybe this more Europe-centric, but uh, Europe is not one country, so regulation is also another topic to, to overcome. Uh, then another element that I, I, I listen to real time is that uh, incumbents that want to enter in the embedded insurance space is not a, a short template. I mean, you, you are not going to arrive to a break even in year three. This is a long play, seven years. So, I mean, this also puts you in perspective how uh, important is to select the right partners in order to invest in this segment because uh, there is a long ride to, to go through and really exciting. Let's get the returns. And I think that maybe like, takes us really nicely into uh, the final question that we kind of asked everybody uh, when they've come on. And, and obviously the title of the, uh, the pod is uh, The Future Insurer. And we're obviously super focused on thinking about how do we as an industry and insurers need to evolve to yeah, get ready for and, and uh, kind of thrive in the future. And so have you got any uh, yeah, advice or thoughts on, on what that future insurer needs to do or needs to look like? Yeah, this is a great question. Um, I mean, I think what uh, all companies need to focus is in the customer evolution uh, customer behavior, how we can, let's say, not think always with the traditional rules of doing business, like keeping the whole body change within the company, how we can take advantage of our partnership in order to enhance our propositions and offer as well omni-channel experience to customers. I mean, right now, customers are really seeking this convenience. So uh, I see I have a brother of 18 years old and I, I kind of see him go into a complex uh, or thinking about insurance. I mean, I'm pretty sure that he's not going to own a car, probably he's going to rent it. Uh, and if he rent it, I mean, insurance should be part of the, of, of the, of the product. I mean, so I see that uh, companies will need to, to have uh, this open mind to test, to learn and, and be much more open to, 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 let's say innovative partnerships. Innovative collaborations. I absolutely love it. Gonzalo, this has been such a good conversation. It's, uh, yeah, your insights and obviously the a massive amount of work that Generali is doing uh, across the segment. I think the partnerships speak for themselves. Uh, so thank you so much for your insight. It's been, it's, I've really enjoyed it. I'm sure everyone listening has too. Good luck with everything. I'm sure we'll be. Uh, seeing many more partnerships and I will look out for when I next day my Airbnb, wherever that is, I'll look out for um, the, uh, the protection coming with it. So thank you. Have a great rest of your day. And um, yeah, again, I really, really appreciate the time. Thank you. Thank you, Megan. Once again, thank you for having me. And you're a great uh, host. So I really enjoyed. Thank you very much. <laughs>